0: Yes, good afternoon. Happy Friday, ladies and mantelpieces. It's Chappie, the British butler. Keep calm in cauliflower cheese. I've got a knotted handkerchief upon my head, trying to get rid of the rays, trying to prevent myself from getting very, very badly sunburnt at the moment. I'm not rubbing myself in goose grease today, though. I'm actually uh, covered in factor 100. And uh, I do still have the bow tie on. It's nicely pressed, it doesn't spin around, so very well presented and at your service this afternoon. There are some of the things that we may be talking about today on the week that OJ came out and says takes one to know one in the Tiger King murder case. Other things that we may be talking about on the uh, program this afternoon Sex on TV fuels demand for actor couples after lockdown. Scaling mountains and crags, one man's lifelong quest to track and trace the last of the snow. Wild things really do make our hearts sing during lockdown and beyond, and lockdown in Devon, but flirting with my California chatbot, Eric. And lockdown porn is a turn on for DIY sex tape, Queen Cindy Gallup. what a name there. And uh, Sex, Movie Stars and Me, Confessions of a 1970s Script Girl was uh, in the London Times this week. And uh, Britain is apparently hornier than ever, and we're not ashamed to say it. So those are some of the things that we're going to be uh, delving into uh, during the the show today. And maybe the uh, reinvention of uh, bird dog gym shorts. I think we may be looking at that as well, where shorts have become extra short again. Now you certainly do need that uh, mesh liner in them without a doubt to uh, stop any indiscretions. And something that I heard in the week that wasn't in the newspapers maybe some weirdo licking sneezing and sweating all over the equipment why gyms are still shut and this was an incredibly disastrous week in the butler's life Um, real first-world problems here huge disaster no air conditioning it blew up there was a power surge it fused and I have to say ladies and gentlemen your heart would melt your heart would sink the British butler's tea kettle exploded, and I had to boil water on the stove using a saucepan. So these are some of the quotes from the week, though. Every day somebody accuses me of something I haven't done. That was lockdown has turned us onto a nation of snoopers," said the broadcaster Kirsty Elsop quite a decent shake here uh, that's New Zealand's Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern remains calm as a 5.8 magnitude earthquake interrupts a live television interview I've told the breasts we're getting married is that okay with you the actress Britt Eklund reveals how the Pink Panther star Peter Sellers did propose to her nobody spends this much time on their spouse it's not what we signed up for the actor Klaus Bang who played Dracula in the recent TV adaptation and the strain of lockdown And I grew up in a family where you don't give away too much emotion. Prince William says he tried to change the royal attitude to mental health. Yes, we may have some more watch wankers of the web uh, this week as well. Uh, Tales from the Crunch Countryside, my dearest naughty little uncle uh, discreetly told me a uh, story about mary antoinette i don't know if he's reliving history in la campagne the french countryside or not Um, and uh, we're going to be delving into the uh, picnic and barbecues in the age of social distancing should everybody bring their own cutlery we'll be uh, delving into that on uh, keep calm and cauliflower cheese this week and uh, we'll be uh, looking at the ancient picks This is even before medieval times. They are actually using padlocks, believe it or not. So we'll be uh, examining that and delving into the uh, depth of history. Do hairy mice offer offer a hope cure for baldness? So that's something else that we may look at. I mean, what sort of mouse are we talking about here? Are we talking about church mouse, field mouse? Which mouse is hairier? Could we get an alpaca? Could they uh, give hope for men in, uh, in bald and uh, hairless times? So let's uh, have a think about how to host a dinner party for six under the new social distancing rules. Breaking bread together may be forbidden. But we can actually dine with each, with each other if we can stick to the rules. Um, since Monday, we've been able to entertain guests for dinner, about with convoluted rules, a maximum of six people from any number of families may, remaining two metres apart in the outside space. We can go for a list of friends and decide um, who will take the mass seriously and the biosecurity sec- bi- measures seriously. Um, so reading in the London Times this week, Um, Karen and Luke began sanitizing the parking permit um, and it was under a rock on the wall. They opened the side gate to move the bikes out of the way so you'd have to come through the house to get to the garden. Are there enough cleaning wipes and cleaning fluid for the downstairs toilet? It almost looked like swabbing down a murder scene. And um, As they sat opposite each other, family breath on family, they separated the guests by two metres at a long table. It almost felt like his lordship interviewing Luke for a gardening job at Downton Abbey. And uh, they were not alone in finding home entertainment a little daunting at the moment. Tara Wigley is a chef and longtime collaborator with Yotam Onasele, the uh, co-author of the cookbook Palestine. And she organized her first socially distanced meal for friends on Monday evening, where she prepared spring roast chicken with preserved lemons accompanied by yogurt and hot tomatoes. Entertainment for the first time in 10 weeks made her nervous. And she admitted, I'm usually very calm when entertaining, but I was like my mother-in-law flapping while making her first Christmas lunch. Isolation has instilled a form of Stockholm syndrome in me. So I think a lot of people, you know, started entertaining. They, they put these six foot, um, these, these six foot um, restrictions in place here. But a lot of people are actually bringing their own cutlery. So when you turn up at a dinner party these days, you are meant to be bringing your own cutlery, maybe a serving spoon, knife and fork. I don't know if I'd actually put a fish knife in there as well. But who knows, maybe I'd bring that as well. And, that's, and that and that solves a lot of the issues here. Now, for those double dippers or somebody who licks the spoon or licks a knife and fork and then goes in for another slice of chicken, that would be uh, an absolute no-no, I would imagine, and something that would be f- certainly Derek Ayer. Um, so as I said, in the week, um, my, uh, my tea kettle exploded. My air conditioning hasn't been working. The only way I could get some relief is uh, by fanning a couple of uh, copies of Wisdom Cricket Monthly and uh, wearing a an knotted handkerchief on my head. That's the only way I could get any relief through this, uh, through this heat. But it, it did make me think that um, you know, through, uh, through these hard times of having no tea kettle and no air conditioning, I had to order another tea kettle and um it was one of these fancy pants tea kettles that boils the water at different levels different temperatures and there are actually apparently um different temperatures to boil different levels of tea and that is going to be our education in etiquette today So as I said there were different um, temperatures that one boils tea and this is something that I never never envisaged and uh, realized was uh, was indeed uh, was indeed possible so i mean obviously one needs a decent teapot uh, one needs a decent tea and you know i think I do prefer a nice builder's cup of PG tips, you know, and that's not just being a butler, but I do like a nice little bit of Lapsang Souchong as well, is rather, rather wonderful. But tea, brewing temperatures, most teas will produce a decent cup if you steep them all in boiling water. Many of the finer teas will do much better at lower temperatures. Green and white teas, for example, have more delicate leaves and give you more flavour, so they brew at a slightly cooler water delicately steeped at too high a temperature will burn and leave a bitter flavor in the cup so if you're a big tea drinker then you've probably heard that the optimum correct water temperatures for brewing different kinds of teas this is due to the due to the uh, different properties of each tea and whether you're looking at loose leaf tea tea bag tea um, it, it really does make a make an absolute uh, absolute difference here in terms of how you uh, how you do brew them? Like the black teas have to be brewed at 212 degrees, uh, maybe with your rooibos as well. Your white teas and your green teas, more like 180 degrees would be uh, would be preferable. And then if you have a dash of milk and or not, that's uh, your own preference entirely. There, I think certainly after learning about the. Uh, optimum tea brewing temperatures i wouldn't stick your pinky or any other appendage in at that temperature no tea bagging and you could certainly smelt the crown jewels at that sort of rate and temperature so one of my favorite uh, websites uh, is a sort of britishism website typically british things that we say in a very very understated fashion So I think something that we have to look at this week is um, try saying these things without sounding uh, sarcastic. Uh, Coming in at number 10, that's great. Coming in at number 9, good for you. Number 3, have fun. Number 4, fascinating. Number 5, thanks for that. Number 6, well done you. Number 7, good luck with that. Number eight, sounds thrilling. Number nine, what a shame. And number ten, wow. So the ancient Picts were something of a mystery. Uh, As a lost tribe of Scotland, I don't think they wore kilts. If they did, maybe they had like a hairy sackcloth underneath or uh, maybe a early version of a hairy banana hammock um, but they were terrified of the romans they or they terrified the romans and left virtually no written records of their lives before they vanished around the ninth century leaving them forever depicted as painted maniacs with anger issues they were a little bit smarter than that they actually did invent the padlock so i don't know if that's how you get the whole pick things if they Pick the locks or something along those lines, but they, ladies and gentlemen, Friday people created the padlock, which is rather, rather wonderful, wonderful indeed. So I hope you're having a, a, a lovely afternoon here and a lovely week. And I was reading, you know, very sadly in the week about um, Jeremy King as a restaurateur. He owns a Worsley in London. Um, and he's a sort of person to give you tea in a china cup and saucer to wait for you to sit down before he does and to inquire after you and the children and wider families as if you were a diplomat, a diplomat, envoy or visiting a dignitary. It's a clever trick what he admits later. It engenders the same behavior in somebody else. If that person obviously is polite. So I was reading in the week um, that Britain is hornier than ever and we're not ashamed to say it. So there's a sex columnist who wrote uh, in the London Times. Uh, She often spends weeks researching the latest uh, contraptions, bedroom trends, people peeking out our desires. Uh, These days, however, you need to go searching for it. Everybody is publicly airing their turbocharged libidos like laundry. The country is abuzz with sexual tension of all the side effects of lockdown a collective horniness has yet to be addressed by the prime minister's briefings is like it's like going back to puberty a friend told her i feel like staring longingly at my poster of charlie from busted all over again as i sit grounded in my parents house desperate for somebody to touch me in the absence of spontaneous hookups one night stands or evenings spent with a lover we've regressed to the days of repressed teenagehood and the result is a lot more horny grown." ups the uh, peak of the country's lust came about with the release of normal people now i don't think it's actually released in the states yet it's based on a sally rooney novel of the same name the series is actually beautiful moving superbly acted but it was also drizzled with softcore porn like chocolate sauce and an ice cream sundae and the in, a, in one of the early episodes there was 40 minutes of screen time the of the, uh, of the uh, prospective couples getting freaky and that's uh, more than enough to fill an entire episode of the 12-part series and it actually goes through the series uh, pretty racy a lot of rumpy pumpy going on there um, Instagram and Twitter have been awash with users posting their reactions to this levacious content. So without dinner parties or parties to attend, social media is actually one of the few outlets we have left for titillation. With everybody becoming horny on main internet speak for displaying how horny you are uh, in public rather than on your secret private account. So, I mean, I was thinking about this. You know, Britain obviously being hornier than ever, probably the US, probably around the world here, we're getting, uh, we're, we're, the lockdown is uh, is, uh, is really taking away from our repressed self. But I was thinking, why not, you know, there's a pure but- butler advice here from the British butler, take up crocheting, knit one, purl one, or why not make a risotto or risotto in America? So, you know, knit one, purl one, and take your mind off the carnal furlough by making a risotto, that sort of rigorous, constant stirring of uh, of the risotto as you add as as you add the um, stock, as you add a little bit of cream maybe in there, the Parmesan cheese, the constant, rigorous stirring with your arms to make you know to make this creamy delight. So think of your arm as a piston, and I think that will actually get out a lot of this horniness, a lot of this pent up frustration. Make a risotto, take up crocheting, is my advice to you. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, a key discovery from the week. So, I mean, maybe I was going absolutely insane uh, during the week. Maybe I should have started uh, getting my piston arm going making a creamy risotto. But no, I didn't. I was thinking and longing back to a topic we discussed a few weeks ago on the podcast. And it was the perfect mashed potato the absolute delight the perfect mashed potato and ladies and gentlemen we talked about cream cheese we talked about cream cheese putting cream cheese in the mashed potato but ladies and gentlemen why not boil the potatoes in milk cream and butter not water I repeat boil the potatoes in milk cream and butter it makes a fabulous, decadent, creamy, wonderful, delightful mashed potato. And that is my secret for you folks out there. Forget the water. Forget the water. Boil it in cream and butter. What a delight. So, something that I, I really discovered during lockdown, and, and, and you know, the butler's eyes are normally blinkered like a racehorse here. But I've noticed that a lot of people, men and women, have started wearing uh, the very short shorts again. Back from the 1970s, John McEnroe style. And it's impossible not to see these short shorts. And often, seeing some people in them, you can never etch that from the retina ever again. So a lot of women do want uh, the kind of short that does what it says on the tin which means deliver very little garment and an awful lot of leg. Having left the beach or gym or festival and hit the high street and park or supermarket, uh, so abbreviated are these garments. Indeed, I'm not sure why they're even called shorts. They should be called shore, I think, instead of shorts. So reading this article, her friend Nikki, a former gymnast ballerina, turned ball-breaking yogi in her 30s, so it was so lean and strong, she looks like an anatomical model in action. That's even before she even flips upside down. She was in the shorts de jour, the short short. Needless to say, they were garbed, she was neatly and preposterously neatly. Where do all of her internal organs even fit? Um, she illustrated how well they work. So here's how to get your legs out in a way that doesn't look overtly sexual, but also retro. Uh, but which also doesn't turn sitting down into a high-risk activity if denim cutoffs were the gateway drug What we now seem to be embarking upon is a full-on summer of love Shorts may have been declared fashionable a few seasons ago yet it, it, This is a year like something else I could mention. They've jumped from one species to another from influencer types to normals, whether you consider this almost as a cataclysmic example of cross-fertilisation as you know it, probably depends on what what your legs are like. It's been hard to avoid talk about ep- epidemics recently. What hasn't been under the microscope are social epide- ep- epidemics. Malcolm Gladwell, in his book *How Little Things Make a Big Difference*, talks about the spread not only of sexually transmitted diseases by one way or another, but the why, but way of another like such as hush puppy shoes key to both is what he calls connectors namely a handful of people with truly extraordinary knack of making friends and acquaintances whether that person is an, is someone who is sexually alluring and is sleep, sleeping around a lot or who is stylistically alluring and wears their previously uncool shoes to a lot of parties they start something and that usually goes viral what an interesting example between the two. Anyway, the thing with short shorts, um, I don't know with ladies or men, but myself, you do need to have that inner mesh lining. Now, if that inner mesh lining does start to perish, uh, you have to be very, very careful because it could let the boys out of the barracks, if you know what I'm saying. So with all this talk of uh, sun it does make me uh, think of a rather wonderful uh, poem by Robert Louis Stevenson. Great is the sun and wide he goes through empty heaven with repose. And in the blue and glowing days more thick and rain he showers his rays. Through closer still the blinds we pull to keep the shady parlor cool. Yet he finds a chink or two to slip his golden fingers through. The dusty attic spider clad, he through keyhole maketh glad, And through the broken edge of tiles into the laddered Halo smiles, Meantime his golden face around, He bears to all the golden ground, And sheds a warm and glitterin' look Through the ivy's inmost nook Above the hills, along the blue, round the bright air with footing true, to please the child, to paint the rose, the gardener of the world, he goes. Monsieur, mademoiselle. It's Tales from La Campagne, the French countryside. So, I think my daring, dastardly uncle is a little bit of a... um, a French history buff and he was talking to me um, this week about Mary Antoinette and of her indiscreet lover I don't know if this was a uh, rollicking around in hay bales in the French countryside over in Paris probably in Paris actually but Mary Antoinette warned her Swedish admirer to be more careful after Louis the 16th her husband almost stumbled across one of her secret messages to the French Queen researchers have revealed the incident was found by a team using the latest scanning technology to decipher the hidden correspondence between the Queen and Count Axel de Fersen in the early 1790s, when revolutionaries had confined the royal family to the Tuileries Palace in, uh, in Paris. In December 1791, Marie Antoinette wrote to the first, in describing how Louis had almost um, discovered their hidden correspondence and told her that it was written in visible ink for the good of all three of us careful what you write she wrote the uh, center of research on conservation has deciphered half of the secret or redacted text contained in furson and the queen's correspondence the challenge has been to decode passages made illegible by scribbled over mainly by furson who kept the queen's letters uh, ostentatiously on affairs of state as well as copies of his own letters uh, first extracts were released in 2016 confirmed a passionate friendship between the Queen and the Swede who had a fixture at the court of Versailles and the Queen's unofficial representative to European ro- Royalty. Any doubts over their romantic relationship were ended by one of Mary Antoinette's sign I love you madly and there's not a moment in which I do not adore you. The new extracts report in Le Monde first revealed himself as an ardent romantic rather than a circumspect diplomat. He lets himself go, giving full rein to his passion and flaming without caution certain paragraphs with, say, with phrases that sometimes suggest jealousy. He would often sign off, adieu, I love you madly. French experts have yet to be convinced that the letters prove a sexual affair. These new documents do not constitute erotic correspondence since none of the letters are devoted to this theme. So Fursten managed to smuggle the letters into the Tuileries during the royal family's captivity, then smuggled the whole family out in June 1791. Travelling in disguise they reached uh, Varennes in eastern France before becoming arrested and a year later were jailed. Fursten stayed out of France for his safety after the incident which sped up the monarchy's downfall. Fursten also reported that the king of Sweden had offered to arrange for him to return to France, but he declined. I don't want to be bound up. And uh, and he wanted to see the queen and to counsel is that all that he desires. The queen was guillotined in 1793, aged 37, nine months after the king. So I don't know what my uncle was, uh, was uh, why he was so fascinated in this, if he's smuggling letters to a secret lover in the French countryside. Etched in invisible ink. Who knows? But uh, that's Tales from La Campania, and there'll be more next week on Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. Yes, so we've got more Watch Wankers of the Web. So this is a uh, little cereal that we have running on Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. Um, Basically, it had pictures of people on Twitter with watches on in various different poses. So today's uh, Watch Wankers of the Web, you've got a wonderful uh, charcuterie board with olives, bread, cold-cut meats. Um, There's a little bit of bourbon there glass of water, a little bit of wine, some smoked salmon on some uh, crusty uh, little pieces of bread as well and then you've got rather pale arm, not a particularly impressive watch and a classing a cigar so again the cigar and the watch in tandem and um, some of the comments that we have he's putting the ass in tappers. Um, if you're old enough for cigars and olives you're too old for straws disgusting that's just a watch never mind the filthy smoking habit a man drinking with a straw was another comment and it's okay he doesn't actually smoke anyway smoking period disgusting um he's he's (laughs) that it says i'm in slight envy for this one the olives do look lush the girls drink and a girl-sized watch what's he playing at Maybe it's a girl with a very hairy arm, was the last comment. Anyway, that was Watch Wankers of the Web. More coming to a wireless near you very, very soon. Thank you very much for uh, listening to the podcast this week. Keep calm and cauliflower cheese. Thanks for all your support on iTunes, iCart Radio, uh, across Twitter, across Spotify as well. It's been a really tumultuous week of torment uh, and uh, some awful things happening around the country. And, uh, indeed indeed the world and who am i uh, just a humble butler uh, at this end of affairs uh, heading up the podcast but it made me think in the week of being a historian and a history buff as well the summer of 1968 and actually the spring after the death of dr king on april the 4th 1968 robert F. Kennedy gave a rather beautiful eulogy and I want to finish with that today ladies and gentlemen I'm only going to talk to you for just a minute or so this evening because I have some very sad news for you all could you all lower those signs please I have some very sad news for you all and I think it's a very sad day for all of our fellow citizens and people who love peace all over the world and that is Dr. Martin Luther King was shot and killed tonight in Memphis, Tennessee. Martin Luther King dedicated his life to love and to justice between fellow human beings. He died in the course of that effort. In this difficult day, in this difficult time for the United States, it's perhaps well to ask what kind of nation are we and what direction we want to move in. For those of you who are black considering the evidence, evidently there was a white people who were responsible for this, you can be filled with bitterness and hatred and a desire for revenge. We can move past this direction as a country, in greater polarisation black people against blacks and white against whites, filled with hatred towards one another. Or we can make an effort, as Dr King did, to understand and to comprehend and replace that violence, that stain, that bloodshed that is spread across the land with an effort to understand and compassion and love. For those of you who are black and are tempted to be filled with hatred and mistrust of the injustice of such an act against all white people, I would only say I could only feel in my own heart the same kind of feeling. I had a member of my family killed, but he was also killed by a white man. But what we have to make an effort to in the United States, we have to make an effort to understand and get beyond, or beyond these rather difficult times. My favorite poet was Ikelus, And he once wrote even in our sleep pain which cannot forget falls drop by drop upon the heart until in our own despair against our will comes wisdom through the awful grace of god what we need to do in the united states is not division what we need to do in the united states is not hatred what we need to do in the united states is not violence and lawlessness but is love and wisdom and compassion towards one another and a feeling of justice towards those who still suffer within our country whether they be white or whether they be black so I ask you tonight to return home to say a prayer for the family of Martin Luther King yes it's true but more importantly to say a prayer for our own country for all of us love a prayer for understanding that is compassion for which i spoke we can do well in this country we can have difficult times we've had difficult times in the past but we and we'll have difficult times in the future. It is not the end of violence, it is not the end of lawlessness, it's not the end of disorder. But the vast majority of white people and the vast majority of black people in the country want to live together and want to improve the quality of our life and we want justice for all human beings that abide our land. And we dedicate ourselves to what the Greeks wrote so many years ago, to tame the savageness of man and make gentle the life of this world. Let's dedicate ourselves to that. Robert Kennedy's eulogy at the time of Dr. King captured a moment in time, but history is a canvas in which the future is etched upon. Please remember that. Thank you for listening today. Keep calm and cauliflower cheese will return next week. Godspeed and have a lovely weekend and see you all again at this wonderful portal soon.